Gavin Newsom, just so twisted up in lies and hatred. He's pretending that buying a firearm equals killing a baby. And meanwhile, buying a baby for people who are socially infertile. Catch the newspeak? That's something else the party intends to make you fund. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is, in fact, the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. How are you doing accepting responsibilities? I'm, I've, I am seeing a whole lot of people raise their hands. Um, we did a show yesterday about small towns rising up. I got so many emails uh, from people who say, yeah, the same thing is happening in their small towns that America has seen behind the curtain of the party and America's responding in a very quiet, very purposeful way. And it is just, it's amazing to behold. There's a, uh, uh, from Psalms 33, 10 through 11, the Lord foils the plans of nations. He thwarts the plans of his people, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. The Lord didn't plan. This is no, well, the, the Lord knew what was going to happen, but what they're doing is not his plan. And as people return to his plan, this is going to be a mighty victory. And I personally cannot wait to see the party completely and utterly destroyed. I didn't say killed. I didn't say, you know, frog march to the, uh, the, the gallows. I said destroyed. And how that's done, that's going to be up to God. But I'm telling you, it is starting in kitchens. It's starting in, 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 in people's homes, in kitchens. It's starting in lunch meetings. And you know the thing about the school boards. And it is, it's beginning in tiny little tremors. And people are seeing. And man, they make it difficult to not see. Gavin Newsom, in light of the fact that the Supreme Court has refused to stop this law, this um, SB 10, or probably SB 8, that is a very clever thing that Texas did. And what Texas did is they took a technique that the party has been using to protect animals. And this tells you everything about the party and what they are. And, and, and why the party, for instance, is building a, a statue of one of the, cre- the creatures from the book of Revelations. We'll talk about that in the second hour of the podcast. They've literally put the UN, put one of a, a statue of one of the creatures from the book of Revelations into New York. I mean, they don't even know they're captured. It's, it's, it's scary, pathetic, and sort of funny. To watch this, but but what they did in Texas in this abortion law, it doesn't outlaw abortion. What it does is allows people to sue on behalf of the baby that was murdered for the violation of that child's civil rights. The ultimate civil right is to pursue liberty and life, but you have to have life first. That's why it's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. It all starts with life. And if life is canceled or snuffed or ended then at least on this earth, in this temporal existence, you don't get to pursue liberty and happiness. Liberty is one of the ways to get to happiness, also one of the ways to get to sadness. 
just like God, our founding fathers were in fact pro-freedom and pro-responsibility. That's not where we're at anymore. We're going to talk this week with our friend Zach Abraham from Bulwark Capital about the new economy. I I asked him to formulate some things. Are we in a free market? He's going to talk to us about this this week. Is is the stock market a free market? Is it anything like a free market? If it's not, what is it? And if it's completely twisted, what do we do? Because you know what? There's people in the financial fields rising up. So it's not just the kitchens and school board meetings. So what they did in Texas is they allowed third parties to sue on behalf of the child. So the child's dead. They say, hey, I am representing the child. I am suing for violation of the child's civil rights. And the violation was the child was murdered. So the parents murdered it and, and murdered the child, or I shouldn't say it, but murdered the child. And so did the abortionist. And what they're doing is they're exacting a cost from the abortionist. You murdered a baby that violated the baby's civil rights. Therefore, we're suing you on behalf of the child. Where this started, and this is, this is where you just get to absolutely understanding these people. Where this began was the left deciding, hey, we're the lawyer for a gorilla. And look, I happen to be a guy who loves the great apes. I think they are utterly, utterly fascinating. I think they're cool. I think that they have, I think we have things to learn from them. I also believe they're animals, not human. But the technique they used was they allowed leftist groups to say, hey, we are the lawyers who represent the ape and the ape doesn't want to be in this cage and the ape wants to be free and the ape wants this and that. Well, the ape didn't appoint them an attorney. Apes can't do that because apes are apes. Well, neither can fetuses, neither can babies. Then they took it to rivers. (laughs) There are cases being considered where, where people can say, hey, I am the lawyer for the Hudson River. And the Hudson River wants the boats out of it. Or the Columbia River in the separate country of Washington, it wants the dams gone. I rise now on behalf of my client, the Columbia River. Who's your client? It's water. That's my client's water. So the left, of course, had no problem with gorillas or or rivers. They tried this in Spokane, Washington, separate country of Washington, east of Seattle. They tried this having people say, we are the lawyer for the rivers. Well, what if I decide to be the lawyer for the river and I come and say, no, no, I'm the lawyer for the river and the river wants more boats in it and the river wants more dams in it. How do we decide at that point what the river wants? Because the river doesn't want anything. The river's a river. It's water. But this just tells you so much about the party. So what Gav Newsom has done is Gav Newsom has taken what Texas got through the Supreme Court, which is the ability for third party to sue on behalf of children who were murdered. And he says he's going to do the same thing. He's going to allow third parties to sue companies that sell or distribute or stock or have what he decides are assault weapons. Or, just get this, ready for this? You know what the AP is saying now? The AP says assault guns. So they're going to take it down from what? The rifles they decided are assault rifles to now assault guns. They're taking away the word weapon. They're going to make it even more colloquial, a gun. That's quite purposeful. So Gavin Newsom says now he intends to create this sanctuary state where they're going to give taxpayer provided abortions for women to fly into California and kill their babies. And the taxpayers are going to have to promote this. They're going to give people free housing. Now, this is not God's design. God did not say, please kill all the babies. 
In fact, that happened twice in biblical history where they went and killed all the babies and it didn't it didn't end well for the emperors who did it. And these people believe they are these emperors. They have these sense that we are these emperors. And what would stop them from believing this? Jackie Spear is a Democrat politician. And she went on CNN and she talked about what Gav Newsom intends to do. Uh, officials in your state say they plan to make California a sanctuary for abortion rights if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. And you got really personal with America when you spoke about your own abortion on the House floor. You talked about it 10 years ago. Uh, and, and here we are now listening to efforts to disregard a variety of circumstances uh, among them, just like yours. I mean, is this nation, in your view, going backwards? No question. Frederica, I am deeply troubled by the politicization of the Supreme Court to the level that they would allow the Texas law to be retained and know full well that it was unconstitutional and that it was basically giving license to bounty hunters, to vigilantes (laughs) around the country (laughs) to sue in Texas. Now, what we have in California now, not only are we going to become a sanctuary for women to be able to pursue a the freedom to make a decision about whether or not to have a child is something that is personal and is one that should be made in conjunction with your, your family and your physician. Um, so we will be a sanctuary in California. But the governor has gone even further and said, if you're going to allow this Supreme Court, we're going to pass a law in California that's going to allow people to file lawsuits against anyone who distributes or manufactures assault weapons. There is not an ounce of honesty in the party. There isn't a single thing the party says that's honest. And the left side of the party is the worst. They, she says that this is about a decision to whether to have a baby. No, it's a decision about whether to date Yes. Okay. Are you going to have sex with the person you date before you get marriage? Yes. Okay. Are you going to use prophylactics or uh, contraceptives? No. Okay. Now it's not you anymore. Now it's your kid. And we went through an exercise last week on this that just imagine that just sit down when you have Christmas dinner, play a game called I aborted grandpa. That's a fun game. You hand out I was aborted things. It's like in a, in, a, in a candy bowl. Some people get the I was aborted candy. Other people don't. You hand that out and you say, okay, show the pictures who got aborted. Oh, it's just half of us. No, it's not because grandpa got aborted. You're not there. None of you exist. You don't get the chance to exist. Then play the game where you hand out the pieces of paper that say, who was shot by grandpa's assault gun? None of you. Who's at risk from the guns in the gun safe right now? None of you. I said last, what, two weeks ago that Satan has a new business model. Do we doubt it? Now it's not just wrong sex hormones and kids. Now it's not just teaching racism for profit. Now it's turning an entire state over to what's the main crop of California? Well, we uh, we sacrifice children on the altar of abortion, plus Disneyland. 
And maybe Disney will bring these things together. Maybe Disney will have an abortion ride where you go inside the birth canal and you go through the, uh, you know, the uterus and, hey, there's the baby. And maybe they'll give everybody laser guns and they can shoot the infant and shoot the zygote. And, hey, look, honey, we're killing a baby. There's not an ounce of compassion in any of this in the calculus. See, this is where I truly wonder Maybe you can tell me, is Gavin Newsom evil or is he in, 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 has he been captured by evil? Is he simply, and I mean this, is he simply psychotic, sociopathic? This is the answer. Not to say to women, maybe there is, in fact, should be a limit on this. But then there's this. This came from Twitter, and I'm guessing it's a Twitter bot, a tweet bot. Twitter bot asks, can we use the Texas... SB8 model to <laughs> to sue the unvaccinated <laughs> to sue you for existing and they found out Monday there's the first death from the uh, Omicron with from or was somewhere near someone who once had the COVID in the new model of the COVID which is 70-80% now people who've been injected can we use the Texas law to sue people for existing now this is a this is the result of years of direct assaults on logic and simpletist with the simpletist that's I just said that simpletist it's a direct result of an attack on simple logic I was talking to someone to this with, with about this today, that the party has done everything they can to complicate things. They want it complicated. Well, you know, the birth process is very complicated. We don't know when life begins. Yes, you do. It begins at conception. How can you prove that? Did it ever begin without conception? Can it begin without conception? Can life begin without conception? Has it ever happened? No. Therefore, it doesn't happen. But they want to make these things so complicated. And likewise, in this idea of fording the nations, the Lord foils the plans of nations. Gavin Newsom, when God topples your abortion kingdom, I mean, I hope that you're for your sake, you're ready to take both knees to the Lord and scrape your face on the ground and say, I'm so sorry for creating an abortion kingdom and in the state of Oregon. I'm so sorry, Kate Brown, you need to be able to say, I'm so sorry for creating a transing kids kingdom. This fall that is coming for these people is going to be the biggest fall that has ever happened in our lifetime. And part of it is going to be political, but a great portion of it is spiritual. In fact, they've already lost spiritually. There's, I don't believe that you can come back from some of these things. Now they're taking the same swindle that they've always used. And now listen, this is a this is a difficult thing to stitch together in our minds, but it's absolutely connected. Years ago, when on this program, we started to talk about scientism, that is the worship of scientists. And at the same time, stealing from people what science means. There's like this, there's this Facebook page. I blank and love science. It's got like 10 million likes or 10 million members. No one there knows what science is. Because if you think science is an arrival or science is a noun or science is a conclusion, then you have no idea what science is. And what people love there is memes. That's what they love. They don't love science. They love memes. And they love memes that agree with them. 
So stitch these things together. The theft of common sense, the theft of simple logic, the theft of definitions, the complicating of things, and you end up with what was just done to this Miss Universe girl, woman, sorry. I don't know. I look at her. I think she's a girl. I'm part, I'm part old man. I'm part realist. Incidentally, you can go to ToddHermanShow.com, send us emails. Oh, got a sad one. Guy's left the show. He hates the new format. I'm going to be honest. Well, look, I said the audience might get smaller. Right now, it's not. Number three on Spotify. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you guys. So this Miss Universe thing, how does this all connect? All right. Listen to what this woman says. Now, she has been given lines. I can tell these are rehearsed. They know they're going to get questions like this. They rehearse little glib, little tweetable responses, memeable little responses that are glib and blithy or blithy. I can't speak today. I just had a big lunch and I can't speak. So blithy is not a word, but it could be a pirate word. What's your name? I'm the pirate blithy. Blythe, I think is what I mean. So I don't even care what this lady's name is. I don't. I don't care about Miss Universe. I don't. I don't care about beauty pageants. I don't. She gets on stage. She's a very pretty woman. She's from the country of India. So she's a, a pretty Indian lady. She's, I think it's a kind of bluish dress. I don't know. I don't care. They ask her a question that they ask all these people and, and the Miss Universe candidate from, Ing, uh, from, um, from India. Ready? Oh, they're drawing the question out of a bowl because, you know, who knows what the question's going to be on. I mean, it might be on something that's truly controversial, but no, just pull it out of the fishbowl. India is first. Wow, first. Yes? Read your question. Okay, your question comes from Rena. <laughs> Hi, Miss India. Hi, Miss Rena. <laughs> Many people think climate change is a hoax. Oh. What would oh. you do to convince them otherwise? What would you do? Honestly, my heart breaks to see how nature is going through a lot of problems and it's all due to our irresponsible <laughs> behavior. Ah, and I totally ah. feel that this is the time to take actions and talk less because our each action could either kill or save nature. Prevent ah, ah. and protect is better than repent and repair. And this is what I'm trying to convince you guys ah. today. Thank I'm you. sorry. You know what? This just makes me laugh about this is A, the prepared lines. Repent and repair is better than ignore and kick children in the teeth or whatever she said. It's just, it's so rehearsed. Oh, it's such acting. But then there's this sweet lady from India who's cute and, and such. And then you're a cute lady. You're very cute, super cute, like a button on a shirt. <sighs> How long are you going to wear that dress? I'm not asking to be a pervert. I'm asking you because I know the answer. It's like that night. And then what do you do to toss it out? And again, I don't ask this to be a terrible person. How much petroleum product is caked on your face? How much glycerin is in the hairspray? 
How much power is being used to power the satellite trucks outside that studio that beamed this across the globe? How much carbon was expended by the people who flew there to sit in seats and look at pretty ladies, pretty like buttons on shirts, cross the stage and preen over the the, the skin that God gave them? And to go display what this seems to me, although I don't know their hearts, but the, the sin of pride. I'm very proud of the way I look. Look at what I did. I made myself pretty. I gave myself these teeth and these eyes. I did that. But then you get to this that she says, a choice to kill or save nature. No, you don't have the ability to kill or save nature. You don't. And for everything that Biden is doing, and we'll talk about this in the next hour in some detail, everything that the people who run Joe Biden are doing to try to scare people again about climate change, anytime there's a tornado, you know the game, anytime there's a tornado or no tornadoes, not enough tornadoes, too many tornadoes, it's climate change, too cold, too hot, climate change, the weather's boring, climate change, it rained on baseball day, climate change, it didn't rain on baseball day, climate change. To save nature. Here's the crossover point. Reference back. We don't know when life begins. It's a very complicated proposal. It could be when the heart beats. Uh, some, some insist. And by the way, this is true. There are medical ethicists who think you should be allowed to kill your child up to the first year after the child's born. They get paid to say that. They get paid to be at universities saying, well, the child is not uh, self-ambulatory, uh, can't even move themselves across the floor, uh, let alone contribute in any meaningful way to a worker society and until they reach the age of maybe six. So uh, up until the age of six, a parent should be allowed to club them in the head like a baby seal and then strip them of their skin and, and use it in a ceremony of sorts. They're saying that. Back up to Gavin Newsom. Buying a gun equals killing a baby. Except it's better or worse. No, buying a gun is worse than killing a baby. Killing a baby is very, very good. What about killing seals? Very, very bad. Terrible thing. What about rivers? Even worse. This is an abuse of science and who invented science? So there's a question. Who invented science? (laughs) Don't know. They don't. I know who invented science and probably you do too. So the reality of this is this is a theft of very simple logic that has paralyzed this lady into weak. Oh, kids, this can save nature. Okay, fine. Then what about this? Let's save nature together. Here's what happens when you depart any rules around what can be done scientifically. If it can be done, it should be done. This is a sign of someone who says, we are gods. We are going to create an entire state devoted to killing babies. At the same time, we're going to create a profitable business selling babies. This is real. This is not happens. This is not made up. This is real. Okay, example in Washington state is baby tourism. You can fly a mother in from Bangkok, put her in a hospital, have her deliver for you triplets. In fact, you could buy, you could bring five women, have five women deliver triplets, have 15 babies. You purchase the babies. You don't have background checks. 
like in adoption, you simply purchase them and leave. 15 babies. At the same time as California is saying, let's kill babies. On a gargantuan scale, as one of our top tourist attractions in the entire country, let's make the taxpayer pay for it. You don't think God's going to thwart this stuff? Already is. He already is. Headline. This is from the UK. This is from the Mirror. UK's first gay dad's triplets to make history with three parents on birth certificate. Father of six, Bernie DeWitt Barlow is having triplets with his new fiance, Scott Hutchinson, and his ex-husband, Tony, with the pair spending one million pounds on their in, in vitro fertilization family. Let me translate this for you. This is from this is from an organization called Them Before Us that works to protect the rights of children against the wanton desires of, of, of men like this. Quote, this is just three millionaires version of Build-A-Bear. Triplets with the same genetic mother who they'll never meet. Three different fathers. One used to listen to this. One used to date the daughter of the other fathers. Bonding and attaching to a woman the child will lose upon birth to be raised in a motherless home. Quote, if all the babies reach full term, two will be quintuplets of Barry's eldest and one will be a twin sister to his youngest. God forts the plans of people, but God's, the Lord's plans stand firm forever. This cannot be sustained. That is utter disorder and it cannot be sustained. I can have love for these people in a Christian sense and look at them and say, this is so utterly twisted. It is an utter pretzel of logic. Furthermore, it's a confusing situation for the child. Furthermore, it's all about the adult desires. And if one of the fathers used to date the daughter of the other father, what's to say that that father doesn't go back and, you know what? I liked dating your daughter. I want to have sex with her and marry her. So now I will be this baby's dad and this baby's brother-in-law, and I will be your ex-lover, and I will be your son-in-law. Does any of this stand up to any form of order. Pay attention because you are going to pay for these things. You are going to dig into your pocket and you're going to pay for these things. Now, this is where to me, it gets really interesting. You know what the party wants? They want all of us culpable. They want every single one of us to have paid for these things. They don't want a clean hand in the room. Think of this. You remember when they shoved Obamacare down people's throats and they put in, and, and Barry put in, uh, we're, we're going to end uh, uh, this stale debate uh, 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 about a, a woman's right to choose uh, uh, once and for all. We're going to end this stale debate. You know what he wanted is he wanted a $1 abortion tax in everybody's plan. He wanted every single human being to have to pay a dollar for abortion. So you could never say, I never, ever supported abortion. They wanted to make it a law. Every Obamacare plan had abortions in it. Every Obamacare plan had sex changes in it. I'm a 98-year-old man. I'm not going to have a sex change. Well, we don't care, Grandpa. You're paying for one. You're going to end up paying for these things. 
Now, why does the party want you culpable? Here's what I mean. This is from academia. Georgetown University. The Bioethics Research Library. Why we should uh, recognize social infertility. The exclusion of lesbian and gay couples and single individuals from definitions of infertility. Did you hear this? Why we should recognize social infertility. The exclusion of lesbian and gay couples and single individuals from definitions of infertility. The same organizations. The academics who say there's no such thing as men or women. The academics who say there's no such thing as the immune system. What are you, high? You don't have an immune system. You only have pharma. There's no such thing as herd immunity without mRNA injections. Everybody knows that white people are imbued with racism in their DNA. That's called white fragility. We isolated the gene. The lies continue to multiply. And now they are saying that not having sex with someone of the opposite sex makes you infertile. One significant problem with the definition of infertility is that it cannot account for lesbian and gay couples and single heterosexual individuals. Lesbian and gay, cisgender, cisgender made up word. Lesbian, gay, and cisgender couples are not having sexual intercourse, i.e. vaginal penile sex. So they are automatically excluded from definitions of infertility. Single heterosexual individuals may be having intercourse, but it may not be regular, which can presume to mean on a consistent basis. They might be having unprotected intercourse, might not be having unprotected intercourse. Being single in this mind of a Georgetown academic means you are infertile. You can't have babies because you are not having regular sex or you're wearing a condom or you're gay. There go. What do we do? You end up paying for the Washington State baby mills. You end up paying for the California killing operation. Everybody pays. California's insolvent. The federal monies that go to California end up shifting dollars, covering their debts. You end up paying to kill babies on a monumental scale as abortion, baby killing vacations. On the other hand, in the separate country of Washington, you will end up paying for socially infertile people, which is a made up nonsense word in a continuing assault on any scientific rigor, on any truth, on God's design. You're not infertile, you're gay. Or, said another way, you're not infertile, you identify as gay. Okay? Where this lands, and it's right here, there's already organizations who are setting themselves up for this. There's a group called Rainbow Fertility. And their job is to make sure that gay couples can have babies by any means necessary. And they say on their website right now, Medicare doesn't cover this for socially infertile people. This is a plan God will thwart. We are the ones who have to make people understand. And we're the ones who have to help because we are God's hands and feet down here. This has to be thwarted. 
There's no such thing as social infertility. And watch this term explode across the left. Watch it as Cami Harris begins to speak it. Watch it as the people who handle Joe Biden pretend to speak it. And what are they doing? They are going to people saying, if you give me money, I will make all your desires come true. If you give me money, I'll let you kill all the babies you want. If you give me money, I will let you pretend to be a woman. If you give me money, I will force people to pretend you're a woman. If you give me money, I will let you buy babies at the high, at 10 at a time with no background checks. Just give me money. Just give me power. Just make me your God. And I'll give you the earth. I'll take you on top of a tower. I'll show you the earth. I'll say, this is all yours. All you need to do is worship me. That's what I need you to do. Does any of this sound familiar? Does any of it sound like a trap? Is anyone else glad that you and I know the ending? Because we know the ending. The choice that God has presented for us is the greatest opportunity in our lifetimes to show other people, do you understand this is pure evil? Do you understand it's the same actors on different stages? Some people do understand this. Other people who don't want to hear this. And as much good feedback as we've gotten on the show since we brought it to podcasts only, and it's been an enormous amount of feedback, I predicted this, and there are people who are not happy. And and look, I don't like it when people aren't happy with the show. Right? I want to take this to as many people as possible, particularly because we're trying so hard to wrap politics around God's word rather than God's word around politics. One of the things you can do share the show with your friends and just tend it to five people. In fact, I met someone today for lunch who sent it to 10 people. If we do that, we'll go from number 31 that we were this weekend on, on Spotify, 160, 169 on news. We'll go beyond that. We'll dominate some categories. We'll have an opportunity to bring in some revenues and we've held back on that. We've held back on paid advertising and we've got offers to do that. We've held back on the creation of the subscription service, which is going to be optional. We're always going to do the core stuff that's going to be ad supported. We are on the precipice, guys, of taking this thing and basically you guys syndicate it. If you want the show to be syndicated, the way to do that is to just syndicate it yourself. Be one of our affiliates. Get 100 friends to listen. Now you are talking. Now you're, you're, you're like an affiliate. Incidentally, we're going to create some rewards on that. So just go to the Todd Herman Show, share the feed. That's the easiest way to get people to listen, particularly if they listen to me when I filled in for Rush. God, God, Rush, Rush. These are the sort of emails you get. And this is the life of a talk show host. And it's, it's, it's totally cool. First, truly negative response to the new format. And it's from a gentleman called Be Good. Calls himself Be Good. You broke the show. You didn't just move the show to the most inconvenient access points, but you really broke the show. It's now just chit-chat and fill time. Fingers crossed that Bongino doesn't water down his show with less content and aimless chit-chat about self and friends. You may be a Christian brother, but that isn't a must-find or a must-listen-to radio. Sorry, brother. Don't mean to hurt you, but the free pass on wasted time has been used up. Okay. I wrote back and said, hey, I'm sorry to hear it. Go with God's good grace. I question whether talking about selling babies is meaningless chit-chat. I question whether... Talking about the fact that God has ripped down the curtain to show the naked emperors and wannabe emperors and the naked court jesters who are pulling the levers of American society. Aimless chit chat. I question that. 
I question whether instructing Republicans on how to tell the truth and win with it is aimless chit chat. And incidentally, I truly question whether talking about seizing the country from the kitchens and living rooms of small town America is meaningless chit chat. That's where the battle's going to be won. That's where it's going to happen. We prep our own environment. You're going to take away our rights to shop in the stores? Well, then we're going to build barter networks in advance. You're going to force electric cars down our throats? No, you're not. We're going to go out and buy used cars and used parts, and we're going to share together, and we're going to have our own back in the economy. It's illegal for us to store gas. Come and find the gas we have. Do it. Come and find it. It's illegal to store enough gas for a car. Come and take our motorcycles. Try it. I think that's a godly stance. Because it's illegal what they're doing. So be good. I appreciate your note. I'll write back to him and let him know that we've featured him on the podcast. But I think he's done listening. Diane. See, this is the whiplash you get when you do things like this, like a podcast. Dear Todd, you're my Christian coach. Let me explain. I never thought I'd return to the Seattle area to live after choosing to launch an entrepreneurship program for trafficked teenagers in Malaysia. Let's talk about using your talent. Talk about God smiling upon an effort. Sadly, COVID hit. The Malaysian government changed and I was left scrambling. On top of that, an elderly family member needed my help in Edmonds, so I returned to an area I didn't recognize. Thankfully, I found your show. Having a daily dosage of the book of Esther greeting me daily stirred something else inside. Like a good coach, your words inspired me. Coming at a time, I was questioning my Catholic faith. I left the Catholic faith and the darkness surrounding this pope. I started reading the Bible for me without the filters and started looking for a new church. My life is better and on a new path. May the Lord bless yours. Thanks. From Diane. P.S. I love your stories. See, here's what I'm talking about. I love your stories about small towns since I grew up in a town of over 400. One grocery hardware store, gas station combined with a dog and suds restaurant. Now see the countervailing views here? I would only pitch you this. If you don't believe in God... Maybe this show's not for you. If you believe in God, but you're not active in it, I'm still learning. I am nowhere near a pastor. I, I, I appreciate being called a Christ coach, but man, Christ is the coach. But if talking about what small town people are doing to win the country back is happy chit chat, what were the conversations in Williamsburg, Virginia? Where did they occur? kitchen tables, bars, taverns. They were called taverns. The woods. When George Washington went from, no, I'm a citizen of the crown to we need to fight the crown, that didn't happen. Given one fiery speech from a talk show host. That happened around kitchen tables. It happened in taverns. It happened in churches. It happened after church. It happened in the sitting area of his home. It happened as they were on patrol against the Indians. It happened that way. The chit chats at the kitchen tables, the barter networks that are being created, the defense networks, the people of God deciding we are going to city council meetings and school board meetings. We are not going to let them operate in the darkness. 
we understand that God is light in him. There's no darkness at all. We're going to take the light to the darkness because it cannot withstand. The darkness cannot withstand the light of God. That's not chit chat. That's real connection. That's beyond clicktivism or listeningism. It's doing. So with all due respect to be good, my brother, those are not chit chats. Those are the brewings of people in a godly way getting the United States of America back in line with God's plan. The only way to succeed. You can have plenty of wealth on earth. I am testimony to this. But you can't have plenty of success that lasts without God. From Ryan, Todd, congratulations on taking the leap to podcast. I pray for great success in your goals. I've been curious about your thoughts on all the people that are probably happy you're off the airwaves. Washington's corrupt have to be thrilled you're not live. I don't disagree with your decision. Would like to hear your thoughts. Ryan, losing Salt Lake City. Ryan, I haven't thought about that. Honestly, I haven't. I got the first, I talked last night with my friend Dory Monson, a Kyle radio host in Seattle. He has a great big story he's going to break on the absolutely thuggish Bob Ferguson, who in my judgment is a thug. That's not name calling. It's, it's a description of his activities. He employs legal thuggery, in fact, illegal thuggery, in that he is in all likelihood a campaign finance felon. So I haven't thought about that. My focus, my goal has been completely on regaining access to our friends on Apple, on Apple Podcasts, making sure people find the show, regaining the conversation, trying to make this new format feel comfortable to me because I'm so used to live radio. It's been focused on that. You guys in the Seattle area, in the separate country of Seattle, you guys are on your own. Yes, there is my friend, Jason Rance. Yes, there's my friend, Dory Monson. Yes, there's my mentor, John Carlson. Yes, there's my friend, Ari Hoffman. Yes, this is a great Katie Davis court. All those people there are fantastic. And you guys are on your own in that separate country. And the only hope for that state is God Almighty. That's the only hope because Jay Inslee is the worst in the lot. This is a man who recently called people who hadn't had the injections He recently called them domestic terrorists. He said that they have suitcase bombs because they haven't taken the mRNA, ANA, DNA injections, which are doing nothing to slow the virus because they can't because they weren't designed for that. So that's what I think about that. I appreciate the note. You can write to us at thetoddhermanshow.com. If you have a business that needs to be found online, Please go to greenhaveninteractive.com, greenhaveninteractive.com. Dave, the digital runs this. He has been a digital activist for a long time. He helps businesses be found. Once you're found, he helps make sure that people click on the right link. He helps track the click paths. How many people are converting given this link and this other? What are the sorts of people who convert to sales? Once he finds that, then he converts that. Who are the people who convert into sales for your business? He takes that information and turns it into a digital presence that draws those people to you. And then there's this. He is an unashamed, absolutely happy to say he is a Christian conservative man who works in tech. It's greenhaveninteractive.com. Cool thing I do with my daughter. I used to. I used to have her introduce me to music. Because so much new music is utter garbage. 
I'd have her introduce me to songs. My, my daughter has a secret skill. She can spot things that are going to go huge before they go huge. It's like she should be the curator of all curators for music for people her age. She went through this phase where she would go through um, YouTube music and she would find these people who had 20, 20 views, 40 views, maybe 200 views on their songs. And she would go through, oh, this guy's okay. And this guy's okay. And I remember her coming to me with people saying, dad, you got to hear this person. You got to hear this song. And she brought me this artist named Cave Town, who's now gender ambiguous, poor person, but Cave Town writes unbelievably beautiful music. And I remember listening to it. Oh, this is going to be huge. Oh my gosh, the presentation to this. Where did you find this? Who is this person? She said, oh, well, Cape Town's 14 years old and does this uh, in the bedroom alone and all the sounds are just created by this person. And she got to go see Cape Town live. That was so cool. I love this exercise because it gets me into her mind But more importantly, I step back and go, how do you know this? Like at the time, I think she was 14. How did you know this was going to be big? I mean, okay, so you've grown up with the dad who plays songs in the car and says, this is why I think this is a great song. But there's a reason I'm not a world-class songwriter. I never had it. I wrote some pretty songs and some songs that were catchy. And I had a great partnership with my best friend, Matthew. But that was it. But I love it when you can sit with your daughter or your kid and see something in them that others can't. Which leads me to this little mini music review. So much new music is such utter garbage. When I run across stuff that has the magic of the old songs, and then I see the video and it's utterly charming. I don't know a thing about this artist, Conan Gray, but I remember when my daughter found Conan Gray. I remember Conan Gray might have had a thousand views. I remember looking at this going, no way, this person's doing this on their own. And what I hear in this Conan Gray song is the teen ennui that has existed for every teen generation. It's not a particularly new expression of it. But what I hear in this is where did a kid from this decade get 1950s doo-wop feelings and aesthetic? You'll hear it in this. Where did he get instant nostalgia? He couldn't have been 16 when he wrote this. How can it be so aware of nostalgia? And you know what else I see in this? I see in it an opportunity to have hope that there can be a return to beauty, a return to beauty in music. This is Conan Gray, Idol Town. town will never change. People come and go so Speed the roads on a day. any place far away. I never learned anybody's name. We all vowed that we wouldn't stay Kissing signs on the interstate All we do for now is sit and wait The 
any song that can transport you to a time like that, to me, contains an element of magic, being transported, uh, transported to a time like that. And on a personal note, it is times like that that launch for us, I think, indelibly important friendships, the type of which can be renewed with a simple note. Recently, before I took the radio show to the podcast, I happened to tell a story about growing up in Spokane, which is a story form I use a lot. And I happened to mention a friend of mine who was a ladies' man, dear friend of mine. He was a ladies' man because the ladies loved him. And he was a ladies' man when he was a boy. His name was Eric. And he died of Lou Gehrig's disease. And Eric was a cross between sort of Tom Cruise and Jim Morrison, even as a young boy. He was a person who saved me from being bullied. And he said, I saved him from never knowing a mom because he got to rent my mom's house. Well, didn't rent it, didn't pay a dime. But he got to sit and eat macaroni and cheese and chicken with us. Drink water or milk the most ordinary of things that he'd never experienced because of the chaos in his own home. His mother grew and she matured and she became a very, very giving and loving mother. I think she was always loving. She was just lost. And my friend went through his loss period. I hadn't seen him in some time. He'd moved out from uh, the Valley, moved out to Mead, which is for that as a kid, it's a, it's a world away. You know, have a driver's license. Went and saw him at his home there, and it was now his mother had a new husband, and he had money, and it was a really nice home. And Eric, for the first time in his life, had a room with walls. He'd always slept in an unfinished basement in the center of it before with just the boards. First time in his life, he had his own light. We spent the night, played some football in the backyard, spent the night, And Eric woke me up at two o'clock in the morning. His older friend, Ray, was outside with a stolen car and cocaine. And Eric wanted to go riding. And I said, no, I'll stay here. He said, you're not going to go? I said, no, man, I, not a good idea. He goes, I'll tell Ray. I said, well, do what you want to do. And he said, no, no, I'll tell Ray you're my friend and you're from out of town and I don't want to go. Because I'll just say you don't want to go and it's not right for me to go. I said, okay, just tell Ray whatever you want to tell him. And Eric came back inside. We got up in the morning and had a normal breakfast for the first time probably in Eric's life. He was living in a normal home. His sister pulled me aside and said, hey, I really want to thank you I think you're the reason that Eric didn't go out with Ray last night. I said, you knew about that? She goes, yeah, I know about Ray too. Ray's one of the biggest drug dealers in our area. And he just wants Eric dealing with him. Wants to turn him out to sell. Now, see, small towns are small towns and Spokane's gotten larger. But I got a note. See, I told the rest of the story about Eric. I can tell because he's now passed on. I'm ashamed to say I never figured out if he knew the Lord. 
I didn't know enough to ask. I got a note from someone who heard the rest of the story about Eric. See, the women loved Eric. Women and girls loved Eric, and he developed this reputation of he'd had. He'd slept with everybody because women wanted him. And I remember, I, folks, I can remember there was a girl who moved to my neighborhood. Her name was Shelly. And, and she just came to my house, and she used to come over and hang out and play basketball. And she fell in love with Eric and absolutely demanded that Eric and she have relations. And I thought, for, for sure, it happened. Ninth grade. Eric finally revealed to me that he never had sexual relations until he met his beloved wife who died way too young, the love of his life. And he told me, thought it was all a front. It always made me uncomfortable. So I got a note. Hi, I don't know if you're the Todd who used to live in the valley in a white house with a basketball court and had a sister named Wendy. Can you tell me if you are that person? Thank you, Shelly. Hi, Shelly. I am that person. Are you the Shelly who lived there for about a year down by the convenience store? OMG, I am that Shelly. My husband is a huge conservative and listens to your podcast. He just said, I think Todd Herman just told a story about a guy you talked about who died really young. Did you just tell a story about Eric? I wrote back to Shelly. Yes, I did. Todd, please tell your audience this. He was the sweetest boy I'd ever known. I was a lost girl. I had no father. I had no brothers. I wanted anything I could have to have anything like Eric. He was too good to take advantage of me. I have never forgotten that kindness, and I always wondered what happened to him. Thank you for talking about our friend. I have told my daughters about him. Shelly. Sometimes kindness and beauty seem to be in short order, which is why a song like Idle Town, with all its overly sincere plottings still makes my heart glad hour two back deep into the politics why did the un build a statue of an animal from the book of revelations in new york why did they do that second hour this is the todd herman show go be well be strong be kind and please be right with god (laughs) 